This is SBR, the People's Pod, giving you unfiltered and unqualified content every single week. I'm Cliffy Joe. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. We got zero responses on Steph. Is he a two, three, or four? (laughs) (laughs) The people can uh, also not decide. (laughs) It's a hard question. Uh, I I don't know. I just, I really don't know. He he could be any of them. uh, But he's not a one or a five, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. That that's 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 for dang sure. There's a lot of things going on right now. A lot of things happening in the world of sports. Uh, Dana White is out of the Chris Cyborg business. They've got beef with each other. Ooh. Yeah, that was that was bad. Dana White says Chris Cyborg will never fight in a UFC ring again. She can go to the other promotions. I was like, yikes! Wow, yikes! Another walk-off win for the Dodgers. Nine leading the MLB. Dodgers are. Just crushing it. We, we better win this year, man. <laughs> Just crushing it. We better win this year. But you know what happens every year. The bats go dry, and the relief pitching gets very exposed. Bullpen. <laughs> 16-year-old Kyle Fiersdorf wins $3 million at the Fortnite World Cup. The very what? first Fortnite World Cup. Yeah. Have you played Fortnite? I have not. Have you? Dude. Yes, I have. Is it wild? I don't really I don't, understand. Is it like I Call don't of Duty? get it. I do not get it. No, I've it's I don't get it, man. It's a shooting. <laughs> it's a first third person shooter, right? It is, but it's not like about the shooting because there's all this other stuff that you do. Like a lot of it's about kind of scavenging and you're staying alive and Okay, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. How did this guy win the tournament? I didn't research this. How do I, you win? I I don't know. What is, what? <laughs> no, I mean, well, I mean, he, you, you know, you, you, you do, you kill people. You know, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it is just, it's a shooter basically. But there are all these other elements. You build stuff. You build up to the sky and stuff. And these guys are like building up these giant structures and then like sniping. And I'm like, this is weird. Like I don't, I don't get this. A U.S. survey on the most admired person by YouGov had Barack and Michelle Obama at the top of both the male and female category. The Obamas. That's why they're – that's why it's tier three. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Donald and Melania were number two and number three respectively in their own categories. Man, that is so interesting. I mean I saw I saw this. this yeah. That is so interesting. I guess it speaks to how crazily divided our country is. Because <laughs> it's weird. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's 50, it, yeah. Basically, it's like 55% have, have Barack at the top, and then 45% have Donald, and then a bunch of other... Dwayne Johnson is on the list. So it's not just like <laughs> politicians, right? It's right. Whoever you look up to, and you know, the people's champ, the rock... <laughs> what number did the, the rock get? The probable number five, number five. Oh, and then Ruth Bader the Ginsburg. Rock. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was number two. Oh, okay. I was gonna ask who the notorious who was two? the notorious RBG. RBG. <laughs> wow. Yeah, took down Melania for number two. Uh, WWE SummerSlam this Sunday, highlighted by Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins, and the return of Goldberg. You know it's bad when the guys that have carried it in 2005 are back 
in 2019. What's going on? Is is WWE not not doing well now? Their share prices have dropped thirty dollars, which is pretty bad. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of controversy with how they're handling stuff in the Middle East where the Middle East don't want women to perform, but women are kind of skyrocketing in the WWE. So it's kind of like, what do they do? And a lot of that, a lot of those problems, plus a new competitive brand, uh, All Elite Wrestling has popped up, led by Chris Jericho. So, oh, so it's the first time to have real competition. And last, in the latest plot twist, runner-up, from The Bachelor, Tyler C. spent the night at Hannah B.'s place, The Bachelorette's place, but after their date, plot twist, he was seen on a date the very next day in New York City with super-duper model Gigi Hadid. Joe, is Tyler C. <laughs> making the right decision? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, Fortnite confuses me a little bit, but this is just, I have no idea. Who are these people? Is is Gigi Hadid a real word, or am I just making <laughs> syllables? I feel like I've heard those combination of sounds before. Uh. <laughs> That's a real person. But I don't know who Tyler C is or who Hannah B is. I don't understand why you can't just say their full last names. Why do you have to use the initials? What is what is that about Bachelor World, Bachelor Family? Why do you why? I don't understand. I don't get it. But Boomy's probably she loves this stuff. So <laughs> we got a lot to talk about today. Big episode. We're gonna talk about Melo's interview with Stephen A. Smith that he called. We're gonna talk about legacy basketball's future. We're gonna talk about the return of the NFL. Cringy or bingy style is back. But we gotta start with. Some NBA summer news. So some things are happening in the NBA, Joe. First thing that happened that I want to get your thoughts about, Draymond Green gets a $100 million extension over four years. Mm. So he declined the max, or he declined to chase the max, should I say, because he was going to be a free agent in 2020. He's getting 25 mil a year starting next year, which is the equivalent, current equivalent of these players, Giannis, Steven Adams, Marcus All, Nicholas Batum, Lamarcus Aldridge. Joe, mm. is it a good move for the Warriors and Draymond Green? I definitely think it's a good move for Draymond. Mm. I don't think Draymond. I think Draymond, and we've talked about this at length, you know, in previous episodes, but. I think Draymond is really at risk of being exposed if he goes to another team. If he's outside that system and he doesn't have Steph, you know, and Clay too, obviously to some degree, but really it's Steph. It's all about Steph and and that system. And if he doesn't have that, I think he really can turn into a almost like a well, I almost was I was gonna say useless. Wow. <laughs> <A> useless player. <laughs> but that's obviously that's obviously too harsh. Um, you know, Jeremy Green has skills and He's a, still a good defender and, and all these kind of things. But when you're really bad at something, like, uh, just think about it for a second. Think about Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. And a player like Ben Simmons, who is obviously very talented offensively, who is offensively, compared to Jamron Green, he is like another universe. Mm -hmm. Right? Because he is one of the elite offensive players in the NBA, except for the fact that he can't shoot. Correct. And even Ben Simmons, 
the, just that one fact, the fact that he can't shoot, makes him almost useless on the court sometimes. Mm. Like, for all the other things that he can do. And he's, like, a pretty good defender, too, even though he doesn't have great defensive, like, principles. But he has, like, pretty good instincts and he's athletic. So that makes up for some of his, like, lack of discipline or, uh, you know, defensive awareness. <laughs> like, his defensive awareness rating is, like, not that high. But... Even that, right? So, I mean, he's not really a liability in any way except for the fact that he can't shoot. And that severely limited his impact on the court in the playoffs. We saw that. I mean, and then you think about Draymond. Like, he can't shoot and he can't do lots of stuff, like, offensively. Right? He could pass and he can finish, I guess, like, if it's open. And that's about it. You know, and so I think if he were to go to another team or if, like, Steph were hurt for an extent, like, if Steph got hurt, if he was out for the season and Clay's not there, the Warriors are winning, what, like, four games? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not that bad, you know. But, I mean, that would be pretty terrible, right? Like, yeah. they would be, like, the worst. And Draymond Green would obviously be their best, you know, their quote-unquote best player. Mm-hmm. And so I think definitely the right decision for him, that's what I think. What do you think? It's definitely the right decision for him. Like, by far. We've seen this. The market for big men, and regardless of whatever people say, he is a big man. That market has dried up. Yeah. People don't pay big men anymore. They don't pay that kind of money. And, like, we're seeing it with Boogie, right? Especially demonstrative guys. Boogie gets nothing. Right. He got like, nothing on the open market. Not even an offer for something. He that's couldn't. True. He couldn't even get a mid-level offer. And Draymond thinks he's gonna get paid Giannis money, or you know, he's gonna get paid, uh, you know, super like Westbrook money. Like yeah, no, no way. Like yeah. that's no one is gonna pay for that. Uh, everyone is pointing to the Knicks, but not even the Knicks were dumb enough to do that for like Randall, right? <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> So, they already got, and they already got their Draymond. They got Julius. Randall. Yeah, they got Julius Randall, right? So he's going to be there for t- for the amount of time. So why would they get Draymond? So no one is going to pay that amount of money. And for the Warriors, you know, I I, I thought it was a bad deal at first, twenty five million a year for Draymond. But if you look at the people around that salary range, it's kind of comparable, right? Right. Marcus All, Nicholas Batum, Lamarcus Aldridge, Stephen Adams. Giannis is the only outlier, but it's because he's so young, he's not he's getting not. paid that that amount of money. To me, this is like when you play blackjack and you get 17, you get dealt 17. Mm. It's like, and then the dealer is showing 10. It's like, you're not going to hit, right? right. You just, you're not going to. You just, you stay. You keep the cards. You're just like, ah, I, I have to just stay, yeah. you know? It's Draymond is better. Is the better known commodity that you can keep together with Steph and Clay, who they know, as opposed to gambling on letting him leave and who knows what you can get, right? right. Instead, it's better to have a 17 than to hit on 17 to try to get a three or a four <laughs> to, to beat this 10. You know, you just you never know. And you're banking on that they will have that revenge factor against KD. So that they can't, or and the everyone is trying to, everyone is doubting you now. So that Draymond will be in shape because Draymond in shape, as we've seen, is good. But how are the Warriors going to feel when the dealer flips over that six, and then he hits and he gets a three? (laughs) It hurt. It hurts bad. (laughs) And there's always the chance of that, right? There's always the chance. 
And when and in blackjack, when you always assume the dealer under there has a ten, so so the dealer showing ten, the ten under, you would have lost anyway. Might as well right. have taken the chance. <laughs> that's that's the risk you always take. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly though, I, I think it's a good deal for the Warriors too. I mean, it's not that bad. And when you list the other guys that he's comparable to, yeah, I mean, salary wise, I mean, it's definitely better than. Impact wise than like Marcus All at this point in his career. Yep, Batum. way better, way better than Batum. Yeah, Even Lamarcus. Steven Adams. Yes, I would. Yeah, Stephen Adams. I'd probably give the edge to Draymond. Uh, Lamarcus. I mean, even with Lamarcus, it's like, yeah, obviously, offensively, Lamarcus is a lot better than Draymond. But LaMarcus, one on the confidence. Spectrum. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> Marcus doesn't do anything in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, he's not the kind of guy. At least Draymond. I mean, he had like. What did he have in that finals game in, in 16, in game seven? He had like... He had a lot. A lot of stats, but a lot of turnovers. Yeah, I mean, but he was he was stepping up, you know what I mean, when other guys weren't. And that's a very valuable, it's you know, commodity. his place on the confidence, spe- confidence spectrum. Fourth, yeah. He's, fourth tier. Is he fourth? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. fourth tier. <laughs> We'll give him the four. We'll give him the four. I think that, and and now that Katie's gone, like you said, it's like they need him. I think their core is going to be motivated. They're going to try, if not this year, then next year, they're going to really be motivated to try to, you know, get back to the finals. David Griffin, he betrays LeBron Sama. He was. He said he was miserable with the Cavs when LeBron <laughs> was there. I can't believe it. <laughs> he betrayed him. He said building around LeBron is hard because LeBron gets all the praise. And none of the blame. Joe, how long has SBR been predicting all of the things that David Griffin has been saying? <laughs> of course we're right about this, but I don't even care, right? Like, I don't care to gloat, guys. Like, that's not what I want to talk about. Do you know what I want to talk about? Yes. It's the freaking way that the media covers even this. Like, they're at the... You know when the first initial thing came out and Dave mm-hmm. Griffin said all this stuff? Do you know yes. how ESPN covered it? I hate ESPN. Do you know how they covered it? Huh. Everybody on ESPN. They're they're like putting words into his mouth. Hmm. They're like saying, oh, there's no way that he was – he meant – you know, this must have been taken out of context. He couldn't have meant this about LeBron. But they won a championship. And then you know what they would say about him? I, I cannot think of – like any other GM who they, they say stuff like this. It's it's like ludicrous at this point. They're like, he should be appreciative. <laughs> They're like, he should be thankful. Would they have won a championship if LeBron wasn't there, you know, on the couch? And I'm like, are you serious? Like, are you serious? At, so this is the this is the thing at this point. Like anybody around LeBron, anything that happens, it's like he must get all the credit. Like, don't they realize that what they're doing is exactly what frustrates David Griffin? Is exactly the reason that he was frustrated when he was there. It's that even when he voices something, his own personal feelings about a matter, people are one telling him how he's supposed to feel about it and two they're telling him oh you're wrong (laughs) like yeah you were miserable you're wrong you weren't supposed to be miserable you were supposed to be happy you should be happy because lebron james is there and lebron james is the one who's actually doing everything right we all assume he's actually doing your job right so shouldn't you just be happy that you're along for the ride and it's like duh that's what he's frustrated about like as it's coming out of their mouths i'm thinking 
don't you realize that that's why he's mad? Like, that's why he's frustrated at that situation? Because didn't he make, you know, all the moves? Like, aren't people trying to say, oh, LeBron's not the one pulling all the strings? Yeah, but every time it works out, they say he's the one pulling the strings. When it doesn't work out, they say David Griffin's the one pulling the strings. And they'll say those things actually within the same season. Because <laughs> in 2018, when they made all the moves, everyone's like, oh, wow, LeBron got the guys he wanted. Yes, we all know that he wanted these guys. He wanted these, the Clarksons, you know, the, the Nancy's. young athletic yeah. people. Yeah. Oh, Rodney Hood. Oh, it makes sense. LeBron wanted these guys. And then at the end, when they were sucking in the playoffs, everyone's like, why did the Cavs do that? Why did Dan Gilbert want these guys? Like, why did David Griffin get these? It's like, oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Within the span of the same season, just based on the results, you're now editorializing what you said earlier in the season. I mean, it's it's nuts, man. It's insanity. I knew this would rile you up. <laughs> like it's crazy! It's crazy, man! It's crazy. <laughs> because he, yeah, the comments also say the same thing. It's like he should be grateful. LeBron did everything for him, <laughs> and he's like, David Griffin's like, yep. This is what I knew would happen. It's like, I don't get people. I I don't get it. Like, I don't understand how people don't get that being, you know, like winning a championship, even winning a championship. There's a difference between being, you know, Kawhi Leonard and being Jeremy Lin. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, like, how is that difficult for people to understand? Mm hmm. Right. Like there's a difference, you know, when you're LeBron on the championship team, you get all the praise, you get all the glory. It counts to your legacy. That's your championship. Mm -hmm. Right. Later on, when they're counting rings, that counts as your ring. Right. And if you're Dwayne Wade on that team, you know, on those Miami teams, it doesn't count as your ring. It's partly your ring. Like you get a piece of a ring, but you don't get that ring. That's not the same as your 06 ring. And I don't get why people don't understand that. Like, I don't I don't get why people are thinking, oh, you know, like, I don't get why these players or these people around LeBron James aren't happy. And the only thing worse than being like, you know, Jeremy Lin on a championship team, you're you're the last guy, you know, or you're one of the guys on the bench. You don't even see minutes. Right. It's like, yes, you get a ring. But how much does it really make you feel that good? It's like not that good. Yes, you've contributed. You know, you're part of the team. You practice and all that stuff. You know, there's all this other intangible stuff, like stuff that doesn't show up on the statue. But, I mean, it doesn't really count to your legacy, right? What's worse than that is if you're Kyle Lowry, but then people think you're Jeremy Lin. Mm. Right? And that's what happens to everybody who plays with LeBron James. It's like, yeah, you won a championship, but you're, you know, on all the Cavs teams, it's like Kyrie is pretty much... He's he's treated like J.R. Smith, <laughs> unless it re- unless these media people they really need it for their argument. Then all of a sudden they'll pull out s- these stats that never ever come out. Right? Like, oh, games five, six, and seven of the finals, Kyrie was tearing it up. He was like over forty points. You know, game seven, the biggest shot. He was like so clutch. All of a sudden, right? These stats appear 
You know, and like this evidence appears of like what a great player Kyrie Irving is. And oftentimes it's actually to either credit LeBron. Oh, look what LeBron did. He turned Kyrie into this great player or like to just, you know, um, or to down Kyrie. Right. Like, oh, he was so good with LeBron. Look how bad he is now, you know, without him. And it's like that, those are the only times that like Kyrie or Kevin Love or Chris Bosh or Dwayne with any of these people like their greatness is ever brought up. It's it's like a counterpoint, which eventually goes back to how great LeBron is. <laughs> That's like the only time. All the other times, it's just like, oh, Dwayne Wade was aging. He was past his prime. Like he wasn't good. Chris Bosh, oh, but he wasn't putting up those numbers for Miami. Oh my gosh, I hear that all the time. It's like, you know, uh, Chris Bosh, he was like a 25 and 12 guy. In it's like, oh, but he wasn't putting up those numbers for Miami. Why do you think that he wasn't? Obviously. And then he doesn't get credit. You know, it's like he's getting a double hit. He's making the sacrifice and he's not getting credit for it. It's like they're thinking he's bad instead of they're thinking he's sacrificing. That's everybody who's played with, like, everyone has gotten diminished credit. Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley, you know, guys who have their own legacies. You know, David Griffin, you know, uh, any coach like Ty Lue, David Blatt, right? He can't even get a job. He got to the NBA Finals. He can't get another NBA job, right? It's like all of these people, they all have like diminished credit with LeBron. That's never happened for anybody else ever. And yet the media fails to understand why people don't like that. (laughs) What? Like, like there's... LeBron's just, he must just be paying them. Like, they must all just be on his payroll. That's the only thing that makes sense at this point. Like, how can they not understand? They don't want it to be true. When you're under a genjutsu. That's not even Orochimaru's best thing. He has no eye power. He has no special eye powers. Okay? What I really wanted to know is... If LeBron felt the knife in his back and if he is feeling betrayed or if he's like, I planned it all along. I planned this all along. I mean, we've we've said this from the beginning, right? We never called LeBron, you know, the ultimate, right? He was always just a guy doing stuff, you know, just trying to create chaos, right? Um, I, I didn't realize that until Kawhi. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, real mastermind. Yeah, you see Kawhi work. See, it's like you think LeBron's a joker, but he's not. He's he's two-faced. You know, he's like, he's just out there doing stuff, right? Kawhi's flipping, the joker. Flipping coins, <laughs> shooting guys in the car. He puts on his seatbelt. He's just, he's just creating some chaos, but there's someone behind him, you know, pulling the strings. It's about what's fair. oh man it's just it's nuts man i mean it's nuts i can't even because even daryl morey and like what's his face sam presti it's like they don't get this kind of criticism when they make actual bad basketball moves david griffin just says it was really hard working with lebron (laughs) and that's a story like that's you know that's a huge story it's I, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Don't say anything negative about LeBron Sama, okay? All right. 
Moving on. Clips, Lakers, Christmas Day and opening day. How excited are you? One of five. Is this a preview of the two best teams in the NBA? Of the Oh, actually, nah. Let me say that. Is this a preview of one of the NBA champions? Oh. Yeah. The Lakers. <laughs> but Anthony Davis is tier one. <laughs> that is true. LeBron has a fresh back wound from David Griffin. What do you think? Wait, did we do Bosch? What was Bosch? Two? Two. Maybe one is what's best for LeBron. Maybe. Because two, of because fight, of the fight back. Ones don't fight back. Yeah, because of the you know, the LeBron effect. Because will, of the uniqueness the of the effect, LeBron effect. Will the LeBron effect hit Anthony Davis? Uh I don't think like really hard. It doesn't always hit the second guy hard, right? Well, no one has had their best year with LeBron. Well, that's still gonna be true. I don't think Anthony Davis is gonna have his best year. Yeah, I definitely don't think that's gonna happen so he'll be nine, 85 to 90 percent yeah but i think he'll he'll be you know still uh he's he's gonna be the same player basically it's really the third guy who's probably gonna suffer probably kuzma yeah they uh, they suffer the worst and then the seven through nine guys do really well yeah so i mean so like quinn cook is super you know. happy he's pumped avery bradley <laughs> pumped. avery bradley yeah you know i mean Bob Mamba, like they're they're pumped Bob up. Mamba, um. <laughs> you know, JaVale, guys like that. They they're excited. So the yeah, the schedule has come out. Clips Lakers, probably the most exciting games on the schedule for Christmas and opening day. Who do you think's gonna win those games? I think the Clips will win day one and the Lakers will win Christmas Day. Oh, good picks. I think the Lakers will win both games by a combined hundred points. <laughs> I think the Clips are just going to come up with better cohesion from the get-go versus the Lakers are going to need time to gel. It's a lot yeah. of personalities on board. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I would agree, but I just don't want to. And the last, <laughs> last, last news, Vince Carter coming back. Just announced for his 22nd season with the Atlanta Hawks, coming back to mentor the kids. He's kind of hinted that this will be his final season. 22 years. He will be the longest, oldest NBA player. No, not oldest. Longest. Longest Long, tenured? Longest tenured player, 22 years. And if he plays on January 1st, 2020, he'll be the first player ever to play in four decades. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. Joe, to preview our next segment. Is this cringy or bingy? Vince Carter coming back for year 22. It's cringy. <laughs> oh, no. It's cringy. Oh, no. As much as I love Vince, Vince has a special place in my heart. But, Vince, I don't want to see it anymore. You got to <laughs> stop, man. You got to stop. You got to just take it back. Take it back. Give the money back. Hold a press conference. It's you the know, thing about those tier one guys. They don't have pride. They're, they're, they'll, just, they'll just keep going for the love of the game. Just, I wish he would just stop, honestly. From, from the moment he wore number 25 for the first time, I was like, it's, no, Vince, no. <laughs> no. In Phoenix? 
Yeah. That's Phoenix, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, don't do this. <laughs> Those are some dark days. Or it was yeah. in Memphis. I don't know. He wore 25 in Phoenix. I think he wore 25 in Dallas, too. And Memphis. I, I forget which, which of those came first, but... I think Phoenix was for Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, then Dallas, then Memphis. <laughs> Orlando, Phoenix, Dallas, Memphis, Atlanta. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember the highlights. Vince, this is what you do, Ren. You, you call a press conference on the court. In Toronto, they just won a, they just won a championship. You go back there. You hold a press conference. You announce your retirement. You do some dunks, right? You just right after <laughs> at the press conference, the dress court. shoes. Yeah, <laughs> you go straight to the court. You throw down some windmills. You do the the three sixty windmill that only you can do. The only the the way that you can do it. T Mac comes out of nowhere. He does the bounce pass for you. <laughs> you go through the legs. You dunk it, and then you just go. It's over. Oh, oh, that's a good one. And then you just shut it down. Everybody turns off the leaves. Everyone just leaves. Yeah. And it's there's nobody left on the court except Kenny Smith saying, It's over. (laughs) It's over, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And that's it. Yeah, take the jersey, put it on the floor. Single spotlight. Yes. Don't go back to Atlanta. Gosh. I never go to Toronto. I don't understand. Gosh. Well, I love when people close the chapter. Just close the book. That's the thing. Like, like Vince Carter is the only kind of guy that could win a championship at the end of the bench and still feel good about it. He's like that kind of guy, right? It's like I wish T-Mac won, you know, at the end when he was with the Spurs. You know what oh, I mean? It's like that so, it was so close. It's like when Mitch Richmond won, you know, with the Lakers. It's like when they get, you know, at the end when they get it, it's like, oh, you're just happy for them. It's like, it's cool. Put them in the last couple minutes if the game is already over, you know. Let them shoot a couple shots. But no, Vince, I don't know what the heck you're doing, Vince. You're, you're playing in Atlanta. Go play. Like, why didn't you go to Golden State last year? Or why didn't you go to, like... Toronto, like one of these teams, anybody, they would have taken you on a minimum, on a vets, man. Uh. Vince, we love you, but rest in peace. It's time to hang them up. Time to hang it up. It's over. Football is back. We'll be back after this to talk about the NFL. All right. Football is back. The preseason is underway. We won't stop having football until 2020. So fantasy teams are drafting. People are getting ready. Kickoff is in September is on September 5th, and we gotta do it the best way we know how. Cringy or bingy NFL edition. Joe, you ready? Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the Steelers trying to be relevant relevant after trading their two players and replacing them with James Conner and Juju Smith Schuster. Cringy or bingy, Le'Veon Bell. Now on the Jets, Antonio Brown on the Raiders. They've both bashed Ben and the organization. Cringy or bingy, the Steelers' quest to be relevant. Cringy. <laughs> it's pretty cringy. I mean, football's not – football drama is not that interesting to me. You know, it's not like basketball drama. Uh, NFL Twitter is not like NBA Twitter. Uh, so – I mean, I just like to see a good product, honestly, on the field when it comes to football. Like, that's what's amazing to me. Either a great team or a great player, great quarterback, you know, great wide out, great, you know, at the skill positions. And the Steelers, 
organization to me, it just seems like it's a mess. The culture is all screwed up. Antonio Brown did really head scratching things. Things Le'Veon gambled kind of, and it didn't work out. You know, like Ben has done really weird things also on and off the field. I just, I don't know, man. I don't really care. Like I'm not that interested in them. And so it's definitely not bingy. I don't know even how cringy it is. It's just we need a we need another word for just boring, you know, uninteresting. What, that rhymes with cringy or bingy. I'm gonna start thinking about that right now. And as soon as it comes to me, I'm just gonna shout it out. Okay. So uh, to go on that NFL drama note, I feel like NFL drama is a little too serious, right? So it's like, right, like. like like it's like work. bad stuff. It's like really bad, like yes. really bad stuff, yes. right? Yes. It's like criminal stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's like borderline criminal. Right. So it's kind of like, oh, it's a little too serious to have fun with this. Whereas NBA drama is Kevin Durant having beef with Russell Westbrook because he didn't text him before he left. Like that, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's or, like D'Lo and, and Nick Young. It's that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or like a David Griffin saying, oh, I don't yeah. get credit, you know, so it, it's fun. It, it's yeah. fun. It's a little more lighthearted, yeah. uh, whereas the NFL is like, whoa, this this is really weird. Yeah, man. Like, well, you know, abusing people or your family or your kids Pretty or women, intense. that's really bad stuff. And, you know, and it and stuff like that, just honestly, like fr it frustrates me. Like this is like more we're just getting to like a human level now, not as sports fans. It's like stuff like that is obviously infuriating. It's like. Don't let that stuff happen or, you know, like who cares about just some on the field stuff. And so you're right. It's too serious. That's that said, the Steelers, super cringy. It's like trying to watch the Warriors post when Steph, Clay and Draymond have all broken up. It's like, oh, that's not great. Who cares? Like, who cares? Right. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Fringy. It's it, it's super cringy. Know. No, I said I said fringy. Oh, fringy? To, oh, trying to come up with it? No, 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 no. That, dingy, that dingy. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Next one, Julio Jones saying he's gonna get three thousand receiving yards. Is that cringy or bingy, Joe? <laughs> it's bingy. It's totally bingy. <laughs> what? That's something I could get behind. It's not gonna happen. It's totally impossible. But it's like, you know what? If somebody says it, if someone's like, I'm gonna do the hundred meter dash in five seconds, I'm like, dude, okay, I'll I'd love to see it. Like I wanna see you try to do it. It's impossible, but go do it, man. It's like it's like that office episode. Remember when they're they're running with the radar gun? <laughs> And, they, and Michael said he got 35 miles per hour when the car was passing by. Yeah. And it's like, that's impossible. Do it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see people try to do it. Okay. I was going to say cringy. <laughs> it's bingy. Because Julio Jones himself has the second most receiving yards ever. But no one, and Calvin Johnson <laughs> above him, no one has even got 2,000 yards. <laughs> and he's saying... 3,000, which is nearly 200 yards a game. <laughs> <laughs> like, why didn't he just say 2,000, which would have been really impressive? 
he messed up because he did he was doing math in his head like while he was saying it and he's like three thousand he's like oh shoot i meant two thousand and i think it's really cringy to say something like that but you know who doesn't love watching someone get proven wrong that's pretty good that's awesome (laughs) that's pretty good okay okay but like imagine also if like let's just say he gets you know like 200 yards in the first game yeah. Right. And it's, you're, you're going to be like, oh, you're going to be pumped up. Right. And he's going to think it's actually possible. Yeah. Right. Let's say he gets like 220 yards. Right. Yeah. But then in the second game, he like gets like 10 yards <laughs> just for whatever reason. Right. Then the rest of the season, he has to average like even more. Right. So yeah. he's going to be going even crazier for the rest <laughs> of the season to make up for like, those yards. And that's going to be so interesting to watch. Some quarterbacks throw 200 yards in a game <laughs> to multiple receivers, yeah, like those yeah. dink, dink and dunks to, like, yeah. your running back. Yeah, all that needs to happen is he needs to get all of those balls. <laughs> like, every single one of them has to get through. Like, it's going to be awesome watching him, like, He's break gonna... off his route and try to intercept the ball from his own guy. <laughs> He's going to be the James Harden of football. His usage rate is going to be sky high. He's going to run to his own guy, try to tap the ball out of his hands as he's catching it. And and, and bobble it to himself so he can get those yards. Okay. Bingy. <laughs> Cringy or Bingy, Tom Brady, the oldest active non-kicker going for his seventh Super Bowl ring. He's not the oldest starting quarterback ever. That honor goes to Steve Deberg, 44 years and 279 days old for the Falcons. Tom Brady is 42. Wow. Who the heck is that? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, My research did not dig deep enough. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't tell you who it was. Just, yeah. This is his name. I, I just got the fact, not the re- no, no backstory. <laughs> this is how old he was. Um, that's fine. Nobody cares about this guy. Um, uh, Benji. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady is, he's the GOAT. And I you always want to see the GOAT go for more, you know? Until Tom Brady shows that he's actually just bad, you know, like like too bad for the NFL, of course. But last season, he was like the best quarterback, like, or, you know, one of the best quarterbacks. He wasn't the best, but he was still amazing. Obviously, his physical ability has diminished, but his skills and his ability to read a defense and just pick it apart, like figure it out during a game, it's unparalleled. So Max Kellerman has been predicting his uh, shocking demise four years in a row. Yeah, going over the cliff. Like sharp decline. Yeah. And he's like been to every Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) And he's winning. So, and even when. Do you think when it happens. When it eventually happens, will Max Kellerman take credit for it? See, like, this is another thing about the media that I hate, right? Because all you have to do is say both things and just keep saying them, (laughs) right? And this this is what people in the media do all the time. Or you say something that will obviously, inevitably be true, but why should you get credit for saying that way early? Like when people say father time is undefeated, like this is the whole thing about it. Right. It's like, yeah, but if they go on, like people were saying that about Kobe, honestly, in 08. Mm-hmm. 
like Charles Barkley was saying that he was saying Father Time is undefeated in 08. and he was like, I, you know, I, I can't do it, Charles Barkley, but you know, I see, I see, I was trying, but I, it wasn't coming out. <laughs> you know, like Kobe's taking a lot more, he's making a lot more pump fakes. You know, like he's doing, he's playing on the ground a lot more. He doesn't have the same athleticism in 08. And he went to three finals and won two championships. You shouldn't get credit for saying that then, you know, like in 2016 when he's like retiring way later, eight years later. Like I've been saying that for eight years. Yeah. And you were wrong for like five years. And then you were right for like a couple of years. So he probably will say that, but he definitely does not deserve the credit. So Tom Brady is not going to have Gronk for the first time in a while. He'll still have Edelman. I mean, who are we kidding? It's Benji. Until Tom Brady stops being Tom Brady, he's going to be must-see TV, and he's going to be in the playoffs. Yes. We're going to watch him. him. I hate him, but he's amazing. (laughs) We're going to watch him. You know what's crazy is that more people give LeBron credit as the GOAT than Tom Brady as the GOAT. That is the stupidest thing of all so, times. If you read Tom Brady comments in uh, you know whenever there's a Tom Brady post, it's like he's a system quarterback, he's not even that good, x y and z. It's yeah. like uh yeah. that's okay. that's that's the okay. goat of bad goat arguments. <laughs> that's the that's the goat right there. That's the worst one ever. I'm just like, are you are you kidding? Every all of his teammates change, but he doesn't change. He's the that's- one constant. He has six Super Bowl rings, the most rings of anybody at any position ever. And it's like he he does it. It's because of him. He's not Joe Flacco. You know, like he's not over here just like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not like an amazing defense. And then, he, you know, they get a safety and one touchdown and that's how they're winning the Super Bowls. It's like, no, he has like game winning drives all the time. I don't know. I, I I don't know how it happens. All right, Cringier Benji, OBJ is in Cle- is in Cleveland. Um, sad. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me sad. Why, Cleveland? Why is Cleveland a city? Like why? It it could be a city, but why do they have sports there? I don't. Just they're so bad. They're so bad. I feel bad. I don't know. I don't know. But OBJ's weird too. Like <laughs> maybe maybe it'll be some kind of beautiful disaster. But he shaved off his blonde hair. He's serious now. He's ready. Oh, is that is that the sign that people get serious when yeah. you shave off your blonde hair? Yep. That that's the universal sign. <laughs> um. But yeah, I guess. Even though I'm sad, I'll say Benji because <laughs> I just want to see what happens. I think it's definitely Benji, but here's the thing. It's cringy to watch Cle- the Cleveland Browns in general. Just period. Just, They're just so period. bad. Are, just... They, are they the worst team in pro sports? At least in the past 20 years. They have one playoff appearance in 20 years. And equivalently, they have a winless season. So they have one playoff appearance and one 0-16 and season. They have a one-win season, a two-win season, a three-win season, season in the past 20 years. But the Browns were 7-8 and eight last season. So they just have to be better than the Ravens, Steelers, and Bengals to get back into the playoffs. And they have Baker Mayfield, who's 
shotgunning beers. They have OBJ who's pulling over and signing fans' license plates. Gosh. Is it cringy or bingy? Yeah, it's pretty cringy. <laughs> cringy or bingy, Ezekiel Elliott in Cabo instead of training camp. Um, He's holding out for a Todd Gurley-like contract that he believes to be deserved from the Cowboys. He's taking a page out of Le'Veon Bell's book. But did that thing with Le'Veon <laughs> Bell work? Did that work? No. No, it, it did, did not, not work. work. Did not work. And that's the thing about football. I don't think guys can really do that in football. No. Which which is sad. Like it makes me sad because of how violent football is and because of CTE and because of you know all the things that they have to go through. It's almost like I don't want to be advocating that kind of like warrior mentality that you kind of need to play football like you just have to be like that. You just have to be wired like that. You have to be team first. You have to just go out there and play regardless because it's not basketball and people don't see your faces and you're not that important. Honestly, any player is not that important to the league, both uh, marketing-wise and on the field because you always see backups come in yep. and they kill it. And so, I don't know. It's a next man up league. It totally is, yeah. And that happens all the time, right? Again, if you play fantasy football, you know, because as soon as the guy, as soon as the star goes down, you just pick up his backup and you're like, dang, I'm still, I'm still winning, you know, because this guy's a reasonable facsimile of what the main guy was. And so I don't think it's a good idea. The CBA have they have to, the Players Association for football, they have to negotiate guaranteed contracts better. That's what they have to do. Right. So, you know, teams with big pockets, they'll have to decide if a player is worth guaranteed contracts. The problem with football now is that par- it's only partially guaranteed and then they mm. can get off the hook for much more. So right. um, I, I think as much as the NBA gets, you know, a lot of crap and a lot of whatever, I think they have one of the best like structures in terms of salary. Right. Um, you know, and the, like the rookie pay scale and everything. There's a lot of differences and a lot of ways they make it work. The NFL just needs to play catch up a little bit on that stuff, and then it'll get better. So right now, I think it's super cringy when the best players in the NFL aren't playing. It's really cringy and trying to see a battle between an owner and a player. Like, who wants to see that? No one cares. That's the kind of drama I don't need in my life. The kind of drama I need is if people aren't texting each other. That's what I want to know. What I want to know, like the next one, cringy or bingy, the Fitz magic is coming to Miami. <laughs> bingy. <laughs> bingy, baby. Fitz, Fitz magic or Fitz tragic? One or the other will show up in Miami. And both are worth watching. Because <laughs> that's what I want to see. I either want to see five touchdowns or five interceptions. You know, <laughs> Like nothing in between. For all the gripe that Nathan Peterman got, I loved picking up the defense playing against him that <laughs> that week. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It would be glorious when your defense gets like 50 points. You're like, oh my <laughs> gosh. How is this possible? <laughs> Last but not least, RG3 making his comeback in as the backup in Baltimore. Is he the Carmelo of football? It's cringy. I, I feel bad for RG3. 
Oh, it's sad. <laughs> it's sad. It's 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 pretty sad. But if he accepts this role as the backup, he won't. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Mellow can't, and that's what we're gonna talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the segues are so good today. <laughs> We don't pra- we don't even practice these guys. They just <laughs> come out organically on the spot. These We're going to talk about Mello's appearance on first take next. We'll be back after this. All right, Carmelo Anthony was on first take talking to Stephen A. Smith to set the story straight about his lack of contracts and offers uh, from free agency and to kind of talk about the history of you know how this kind of happened. So to set the story straight, he basically brought his story to the forefront, starting with Houston. And according to Mello, there was a lot of talk by Daryl Morey about bringing in the 10-time All-Star to Houston. You know, it started seasons before he even got there but you know after 10 games you know daryl morey told Mello, your services are no longer needed which is pretty pretty harsh <laughs> that's brutal that's pretty harsh you know uh Mello thought felt like he got fired and he was shocked he was shocked that this happened but fyi Mello, if you're listening you were 13 5 and 0 <laughs> On 40% shooting. Wait, zero? What is the zero? Assists. (laughs) He was averaging zero assists? Well, yes. It was like point something. Yes. Less than 0.5, obviously, because you had to doubt. On 40% shooting, 33% from three, and 68% from the line. The game before he got fired, he was 1 for 11 from the field, 0 for 6 from three, with a minus 22 plus minus. Ouch. So for any minimum contract people out there or people on 10-day contracts, don't do what Carmelo did, and you could probably stay on the roster. But Melo, I know you think you deserve a little more respect for being a 10-time All-Star, but you were on a minimum contract. And Daryl Morey had nothing to lose except the chemistry, and he decided your fit wasn't good. Joe, what do you think of that Daryl Morey's role in Carmelo (laughs) Anthony's exodus? Was he justified? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get why this is even a question. Um, I mean, I understand that he... I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to... Um, I don't know, negate how Carmelo felt. I understand that he yeah. felt bad. And yeah, yeah. that's totally yeah. understandable, right? Um, but... I was just thinking, what is the only thing more savage? This is, uh, I'm just off topic, right? But what, what what could you say that's more savage than your services are no longer needed? You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what if he was like, your services are no longer needed? Actually, you weren't really providing many services to us. <laughs> <laughs> and then he brings out the stat sheet. No, um... That's probably what Daryl Moy would do. The analytics say that this guy, random, you know, 400th best player in the NBA, would do what you could do. Yeah, I mean. Do do you think he lined up two stat lines? He's like, which one would you choose? (laughs) 
a blind stat test yeah. like we do. Yeah. Who and numbers then, are these? Yeah. And then one is a guy in the uh, like G League, yeah. and one and one is Melo, and he's like, "Who would you rather have?" That's what we're doing. Thanks, Melo. Your services are no longer needed. Gosh. Um, we made a trade with free agency. <laughs> we made a trade with a free agent. <laughs> yeah. Um, Daryl's justified. Yeah, right? I mean, it's his job. Mm-hmm. This is his job. I mean, to do what's good for the team. Obviously, Melo wasn't good for the team on the court. I mean, I understand. And a lot of the things that he said in the interview had to do with, like, his work ethic and, you know, practice and, like, that kind of stuff. Or him, And, you know, also him, locker room presence, all that kind of thing. But, Melo, nobody's talking about any of that. Nobody's calling you a bad locker room presence. Nobody's no. saying you didn't practice. What they're saying is... You're not that good at basketball anymore. Sadly, that's the message nobody wants to kind of say to your face. I I, I think Daryl Morey probably was saying something like that. And that's just, those are the facts, you know? And that's why he got hurt. You know what's crazy? It was, it was, uh, it was 1819 when he played. Why does it feel like five years ago that he that he hasn't oh, played? Wait, basketball? it was this season. No, the season before. Oh, so, wait. No, wait, wait. No, wait. No, Seventeen. Yeah, it was. The, yeah, it was this no, season. It, it 18, was this season, 18, right? Yeah, 18, it was the 19. beginning of this season. The beginning of this season. Oh my gosh! But doesn't it feel does like, feel like, like it was like, a long time? Like three ago. years ago he, that he hasn't played basketball. So time flew once Mello was out of the NBA. <laughs> he not only holds the ball, he holds time. <laughs> uh, so moving on to his friends, right? We know he has a good friendship with Chris Ball and some friendship with James Harden. He, he spoke with both Chris and James, and he said, our friendship is on the line here. Did you know? Did you know about this? And CP3 said he didn't know. James Harden said he didn't know. I hope CP3 didn't know. <laughs> you know, you this is this know? this is the kind of information you share immediately, even if the organization or your boss or your superior tells you not to, because right. it's your boy, it's, it's your, your friend, friend, right? You're right, of course. But my question to you is, did he know and just lie? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it hurts. Of course he knew. Oh, it he hurt. knew. He knew, and James Harden knew. But right when CP3 said, "I didn't know," Harden said, "Oh, I didn't know either." <laughs> <laughs> he looked at him and he said, "Oh, well, if you didn't know, I didn't know." <laughs> okay, quick thing though, Tamelo, why would you say our friendship is on the line? Did you know? Obviously, he's gonna lie. <laughs> You're supposed to say, "Hey." Hey man, whatever whatever happened happened. It doesn't matter. You know, if you knew, you knew. I just want to know if you knew. And then he tells you the truth, and that's when you say our friendship is over. You know why? It's because he's a five, right? Because he's overconfident. He doesn't want to know the real answer. That's true. He only wants to hear the answer that he wants to hear. That's true. That's why he's. You're right. Tier five, the mellow tier. Because he's a seven. Or <laughs> what was it? Oh five, yeah. Talks, he talks about Mike D'Antoni because they have a you know rough history, but Melo didn't throw any shade or blame at Mike D'Antoni 
who had their differences. Uh, he says, I don't believe Mike D'Antoni had anything to do with his services are no longer needed. Right. How can that be true? <laughs> it's not true. Mike D'Antoni wrote that line for Daryl Morey to say to Melo. He said, hey, get rid of him. And then he, he slipped him a little piece of paper. And on it, it said, your services are no longer needed. <laughs> I guarantee what happened is Daryl Morey shoved Mello down D'Antoni's throat, and D'Antoni said, we'll do it, but if he doesn't perform at 10 games, we get rid of him. And he's like, okay, deal. Yep. That's exactly what happened. And then he pulled the lever, and he shot Mello into the sky. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The percentages were off. They weren't there. He wasn't even shooting free throws well. And so uh, D'Antoni was like, I told you, you forced him down my throat. You said we could get rid of him. Get rid of him. Why the heck did they get Mello? He obviously doesn't work in that system. Well, Daryl Morey is star hungry. He doesn't care who the people are. He's just going to go get them. It just makes zero. Uh, I, don't, I don't get it. He went after Westbrook. <laughs> uh, essentially, Westbrook doesn't fit, but he went for him. And that's why it's not going to work. One interesting wrinkle, he talked about Miami. So he had the potential to play with LeBron and Wade instead of Bosh. But Melo said the money was way too much to turn down. Melo said, despite the three players having talked to each other and there was uncertainty of the lockout, which made leaving that five-year offer seem crazy to him. Uh, he couldn't see a situation where he would leave that off the table, which obviously he kind of regretted a little bit. Right. But when did he sign? When did he sign the five-year? Oh, eight? He, he's... Because... He, the, year before, they si- the year before. He signed the extension. The year before... Oh, before... Before the free agency. Before so, 2011? Or before 2010. They got together in 2010, right? Right. So he signed it in in 9. Oh, are you sure? Wait. Because so. it came in in 03. No, I think um, they came in in 03, right? So then in 06, when their r- rookie deal was up, they had a chance for an extension. Hmm. And he signed a five-year instead of a three-year. Or in year four. Oh, is that what happened? I think so. So yeah, in 07... I think he could have signed a three-year so that he would be up in 010. Or, yeah, in 2010. But instead, he signed a five-year so that he wouldn't be available for that heat thing. Mm. Uh, I think. I think. I'm not sure. Because I think, yeah, they all signed three-year deals so that they would be up the same year. Right. Um, on that second contract. Yeah, which, which means, man, Dwayne Wade has left a lot of money on the table throughout his entire career. Yes, and he was supposed to recoup that later in his career, but they never gave it to him. That's jacked up. No wonder he was mad and he went to Chicago. But, oh, uh, sorry, is there a question or what's the... No, it, it, so the question is, if Melo joined LeBron and Wade, how many championships would they have won? Zero. <laughs> They would have gave back the one from 06. <laughs> they would have got negative one. 
They would have said people would have looked at it. The like the commissioner would have looked at it. He said this brand of basketball is unacceptable. You have to you have to uh, vacate your previous championship. So if this was Game of Zones, uh, the episode is Dwayne Wade takes off the crown off his head and he says, "This team can go no further with me as the lead champion. <laughs> it is now for you to decide." And then. <laughs> LeBron is kneeling, and then Carmelo goes, Me! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sire. I will take this. And then LeBron's, Wait, I think he. Uh... <laughs> oh, 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 what? Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Too late. And he grabs a crown and he shoots it into the basket and he misses. Oh! <laughs> Long two. <laughs> oh, shoot. That's so good. Long hey, game is old, guys. Game is old, guys. <laughs> Got the next episode for you. You guys got to do some alternate game of zones, <laughs> alternate realities. <laughs> Wait, say that again. Say that again. Which one? What'd you just say? Because you cut out for a second. Game of zones and the multiverse of madness. <laughs> the multiverse of madness. <laughs> yes. That would be awesome. Mellow. <laughs> ah, long two. <laughs> no. No, no, someone from the back is like, Log 2 again? Oh, <laughs> uh, guys. Oh, uh, shoot. They would, win. they would definitely win zero championships. <laughs> definitely. They don't have the Bosch who sacrificed everything, laid down his life for the two kings. Oh, my God. They gosh. wouldn't have China. Guys, there's only one thing stronger than the LeBron effect, and it's the mellow effect. But you know what? It doesn't need a deep dive. It doesn't need a breakdown because we see it. When you watch a game with Carmelo Anthony in it, you see it. It could be in the NBA. It could be at 24. It doesn't matter. Last thing he talked about, he said, he's talking about his legacy. I've never had the teams LeBron has had. I've never had the teams Wade has had. I've never had the teams a lot of these guys had. It's always just been me. Uh, and Stephen A was questioning him and chasing wins as opposed to cash. It's basically, you know, he's basically saying he's naive for just staying for cash because he was all he cared about was cash. And he would be at peace if his career was over now. Okay, okay, Melo. <laughs> you had AI. You had Chauncey. I. Uh... You played with Harden. <laughs> you played with CP3. You played with Westbrook and Paul George. Those are pretty good teams, I'd say. He had Amari when he was still good. For a little bit. If you list those teammates... That's really good. I bet that's better than what Dwayne Wade has had. It's, I can't. <laughs> Mellow. Mellow. This is just, there's so many reasons that this is stupid. Okay. And I don't blame Mellow. I don't think Mellow's being uh, deceptive. Like, I don't think he's lying. It's just that he really believes it, but it's like, Mellow, you don't get it, bro. When, like, when you're a five, that self awareness, you lack real bad. <laughs> It just, it makes no sense. It's like, one, you never, but 
didn't you just say it's like funny because it followed the Miami thing and it's like didn't you just say you wanted money and you didn't want to team up yes and they're like you know and the thing is he was like oh yeah but it, you know it never became a thing like it wasn't sure like obviously like what do you mean like you have to plan it like you have to be a part of that process it doesn't just magically happen you have to make decisions that are built around this plan so when you move forward with it that's all part of it but you didn't do that so obviously you didn't have the chance to play on that team but you still played on good teams you still played with good players you played with other all-stars it's ridiculous this this whole thing was pretty sad uh, you know i actually appreciated his honesty he he's Melo is a likable person. I think he has yeah, like a good, char- he, he has good charming. He's a good teammate. No one's ever called him a bad teammate. Um, but it was just kind of sad because just someone is so lacking that self-awareness yeah. and a little bit uh, delusional in the way he's kind of thinking a little bit. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, what was your impression of this whole thing? I totally agree. I mean... He is very likable. Like, yeah. I, I was, like, rooting for him during the interview. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, he just doesn't have self-awareness. He doesn't realize where he is. And, you know, Max Kellerman kind of said this afterwards, that he doesn't realize his place in basketball now. Mm. He's the, the thing is, you know, he kept saying, there can't be 450 guys better than me. You know, and Stephen A was saying that, too. And, of yeah. course, I agree in a vacuum. If it's, like, a one-on-one tournament— yeah, Melo's gonna get picked somewhere in like the top he's, fifty. He's, yeah, yeah, like top he, 50. yeah, he's not anywhere lower than that. But the problem is, yeah, he's not worse than like Corey Joseph or like you know it <laughs> or like T.J. McConnell, you know, or like Jared Dudley. Even and no know, one is Michael, saying that. No one's saying that, right? The problem is all of those guys do very specific things that benefit a team, and they're okay not doing any other thing. Right, like they're okay just for one game, just guarding a certain guy, or just shooting corner threes, or just you know bringing the ball down and literally not ever shooting like T.J. McConnell does. You know, like there are certain things that these guys are okay doing, and Melo would never ever be okay with that. Like he would, he talked about how hard it was. He, you know, what he called the ultimate sacrifice. He literally said this during the interview. I made the ultimate or like the the biggest something to that effect. He used some kind of superlative. He said, going to the bench. <laughs> so in his mind, like becoming the sixth man is like the ultimate sacrifice. That's like, it's like, bro, that's why you're never, that's why you're not in the NBA. And Vince Carter is going on year 22 because he's like, hey guys, I'll just play five minutes. Just put me in. Let me jack up a couple threes. Maybe I'll dunk it. Who knows? Like if the lane opens up and then you get the crowd going crazy and I'm fine with that. I'm cool just being around. I'll fill the seats for pregame. I'll do a windmill dunk. People coming early will be really excited. They'll be like, wow, what a great experience. Season ticket holders. He's basically like, paint me like a player. But I'm basically like those dudes who jump off the trampolines. (laughs) Oh, that's cringy. I'm cool just being that guy. You know, well, he doesn't need the trampoline. So that's that's at least not cringy. (laughs) It's crazy that he could still dunk how he could dunk. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's what Melo has to do. He'd have to come in and say, I'm going to be the best eighth man, you know, and play 15 minutes. And I'm just going to score in bunches 
and I'll try really hard on defense because it's only for 15 minutes. And, you know, maybe some days if I get real hot once every 10 games, you know, I'll play more than that. I'll play 25 minutes. You know what I mean? Like if, if that was his mentality, then sure, of course, a GM would go for him, sign him on the veterans minimum. Like, why would you not do that? Or maybe even for a little bit more. But he'll never do that. He doesn't understand that that's what he needs to be. He the just doesn't get The it. problem is the ball stops with him. Right. For him to be most effective, he has to have the ball in his hands. He What OKC and Houston came to rudely realize is that same point. Because they see Melo uh, like talk about how he can just shoot threes, he can shoot threes, he can shoot jumpers, just get him an open look. But he doesn't get in rhythm right. without having the ball in his hands, right. uh, slowing it down in the post, yeah. up fake. Do do he's got a, a bag of tricks, a crazy amount of moves that he can do. Right. But that fall away jumper for him in rhythm is better than him just shooting a jump shot cold. Right. You know? And that's what he can't wrap his head around is that a team doesn't want to give you that much usage. Yeah, but it's like, but he doesn't get how he's not that good anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's only valuable. It's like AI. It's all the guys in the, in the five tier. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's only valuable when you are amazing at it. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you're taking away from everybody. Yeah. Right. Like you're ruining everyone else's rhythm. You're ruining everyone else's game. You're, you're not. You're only adding value to the team because you're diminishing the value of all the other players. So you're only adding value to the team if you are amazing, right? So even when you dip a little bit and Melo's not Melo's dealt Melo has dipped a considerable amount from his prime, right? Mm-hmm. But even when he dipped a little bit, like in New York, all of a sudden you could see, wow, the team's not that good. Unless I don't he's, think they made the playoffs. The I don't think I don't even think they made the playoffs. So. So just to go back to our confidence rating from Melo uh, and to talk about usage rate, he's eighth in usage rate all time. And all these guys are like pretty high in confidence, right? You got Jordan, Westbrook, Kobe, Iverson, Boogie, LeBron, Wade, Melo, Neek, and Harden. An illustrious list of scorers. And he's eighth on that list all time. He needs the ball in his hands. Like a tiger doesn't change his stripes. Right. But when you're mellow with the same usage, without the same effectiveness, you really destroy your team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a five. After the, after the thing, it only confirmed it more. Because he would have to come in and say, like, and for contrast's sake, right? Let's say he came in and he said, you know what? I realize I'm not the same player. I realize I'm not as good as I was. I have to change my game. You know, and here's what I've been working on. I've been working on shooting corner threes. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I've just been working on that, you know, and maybe I can come in and I can play 15 or 20 minutes for a team as, like, the seventh or eighth guy. You know, I can be part of the bench. I can provide a scoring spark. You know, I I can be a good teammate, a good locker room presence. I can show guys a good work ethic. You know what I mean? Like, adding those things and saying it positively instead of defensively because Mm -hmm. it seems like – like. Melo, you can't be defensive because what people are saying is that you're not that good. And the truth is you're not that good. So you would have to agree with that, but then add the positives on top of it. 
that would make sense. That would show people that you understand what they're saying when they say you're not the same player. We can't run our offense through you. You can't even be like our fifth option. Like, like if he came with that awareness, then I think it totally would have changed. He probably would have gotten like picked up by a team immediately. Mm. Right? They'd have been like, oh, yeah, he totally figured it out. He gets it. He's been working with a shooting coach. He's just trying to shoot corner threes. He's trying to fix his form because, you know, Melo shoots weird. Yeah. Like his form's not pretty, you know, and, you know, his, his, his jumpers kind of, you know, messed up a little bit. And so if that stuff were to happen, but obviously none of that happened. And he was basically just saying the same stuff that he's always said. It's just, I'm mellow. I'm good. I defend all of my choices. I've learned nothing. I have no regrets. Right. It's like all this kind of stuff that I hate hearing right, from people. Like, I just have no regrets. I didn't learn anything. You know, I'm the same player I've always been. It's like, yeah, that's why nobody wants you. Nobody wants that. So did this hurt or help or neutral Melo's chance of finding a team? Hurt. Mm. To me, it hurt him. Because even the fact that, and, and again, this I'm going to go back to something I said last week. For Jeremy Lin, right, people were criticizing him because he said something to some youth kids at a Christian gathering. Uh-huh. Mello said, I want to do an interview on TV because I'm upset that nobody is picking me up on an NBA roster. Okay, think about that difference. Okay. And how many people are criticizing Mello even for this? It's like barely anybody. A lot of people are trying to say that he deserves to be on an NBA team. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. You know, like he to me, he would hurt an NBA team a lot more than any of the other available free agents right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it only made that more clear. His interview only made that more clear. So I I I think, look, I think what's good for Mel is he wants to be beloved for his skills. Right. He wants people to say that he's good. He, He wants to relive old memories. He wants to score 30. And I think you want to tank without tanking, sign Mello. That's what you should do. So I'm looking at you. Charlotte, Cleveland, New York, <laughs> Phoenix, Chicago. OKC, reunited with CP3. Bring him back. <laughs> you guys want good draft picks? Get Mello. Orlando, like, these are the teams that should be going for Mello. Like, start him. Play him 40 minutes. Let him, let him get all his reps in. Like, So basically the Kobe farewell tour except with a franchise that has absolutely no meaning to him he has no connection to oh if he goes to new york well except for new york but the problem with new york they have rj barrett Mm. so so you don't want to destroy a young player a la like trading ray allen to yeah this is the opposite of what they did yeah because this would be bringing on someone to destroy young talent Do you ever want that? Is that ever beneficial? <laughs> but but if there's a team without any promising young talent, like Charlotte, okay, like but even they have what like uh, Bridges and like you know they they have some guys. I mean I mean yeah, you but have Batum still. The thing is though, but you're gonna want to see what you have, right? Yeah. And Melo will never let you do like the Suns. They're not going to want that. They want Devin Booker taking all their shots. You know what I mean? Like the Bulls, they still have like Zach Levine. They still have like some guys who can play and they're going to want those guys to get touches and play and develop either so that they'll become trade assets or so that they'll become future, you know, players for their franchise. What about OKC? 
the only yes. the only one I like yes. is OKC. OKC is the one. Because OKC is a mess. They're completely lost. They've gotten a bunch of draft picks from other people. Yep. So who cares? What happened to them? They, do they have one good young they person they no, want to vote? They have no young talent. They've got nothing. OKC is the only place. This and he at least place. has some connection because he played a season there. So I think it's the only place he can go. <laughs> yes. Mello, go back to OKC. That's the <laughs> one. Sam Presti, you know what to do. Hire Mello. Hire maybe, Mello. Maybe Washington. <laughs> no, Bradley Beal, no. You want him to sign that extension. If Mello's there, Mello and John Wall, oh, God. <laughs> I just think they're a mess. And I don't know. Who Bradley cares? Beal is too promising. As much as I pretend like I don't know who he is. Do you know who Bradley Beal is? Have you heard <laughs> yeah. of him? Yeah, yeah. 17, 3, and 3. <laughs> Two 40-point triple-doubles. <laughs> okay. Last thought on Melo. What is Carmelo Anthony's legacy? Okay, I want you to go first. Carmelo Anthony's Anthony's legacy. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. Wait. 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 No, no. Yeah. You go. Go first. Go first. He's gonna be the example of why you should never shoot long twos. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, when any player comes to the Rockets, they just show them footage of Melo's game. Yeah. They just say, "This is what we don't want you to do." They're gonna start showing film of people that shoot. Good mid-range shots, three-point shots, and then the X over long twos, and it's gonna be <laughs> mellow. <laughs> so, so they're gonna show three pictures. It's gonna Kobe circle, Steph circle, mellow. <laughs> so uh, this is what I wanted to ask: What is the most significant basketball event? Like, like what is the most significant on-court thing that you remember? that happened for any of Melo's teams? Uh, Melo shooting 60, scoring 62 mm. in New York. Oh, in the Garden. Yep, that was one. He beat Kobe's record of 61. Um, Trevor Ariza stealing the inbounds pass. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's sad. Okay. Um... Just good, good things though. I'm just, you know, memorable. Uh, good, like, like, you... like Mello and Kobe had great battles. I can't remember a specific, like, like See, memorable thing. But it, it doesn't count if you can't remember it, right? <laughs> because it has to be memorable. Yeah. Like even a playoff run or anything. Like, is there anything memorable? No. He 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 coined. He he was one of the people that did a lot of the uh, three point, like. Gestures, <laughs> like the guns, like or the, the tap your headband, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, tap your headband. Oh yeah, he would do this. Yep, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. I, yeah, yep, yep. To the head, the three to the head. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna tell you the most significant basketball thing that ever happened for any team that Carmelo Anthony played for, which is Linsanity. <laughs> That's literally 
the most significant basketball. People still talk about Linsanity. Correct. Linsanity is a thing. People are going to remember Linsanity forever, right? It's going to be a part of basketball history forever. And nothing that Carmelo Anthony has ever done has ever been that memorable. No casual basketball fan is ever going to remember. You're going to, you know, like we'll say, Lakers fans will say, oh, yeah, but you do you remember, you know. Yeah, you got to the Western Conference yeah, Finals. Yeah, 09 Western yeah. Conference Finals. And, you know, it's like we'll remember those things. But most people, general fan, if you're not a Mellow fan or like a Laker fan, you're not going to remember that. This he is going to be also, one of those. He's also very clutch. Very, very, very clutch. He's had some clutch shots, but I don't remember any of them. Same again. Yeah. I only remember one on the baseline, but that's still less significant than Linsanity was. Right. And Linsanity had, had, he had buzzer beaters. Like, even, like, I remember the Toronto one. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, and people all remember those moments because Mm -hmm. it was so, it was like capturing. And of course, I'm not saying, I'm not comparing Jeremy Lin to Carmelo Anthony as a player. I'm just saying that there's literally been one very memorable thing that Carmelo Anthony has ever been a part of. And do you know what his role was in Linsanity? He was on the bench. He killed it. <laughs> That's what happened. Because he was hurt. He was hurt. And then when he came back, it died. It died. Because he couldn't play with Lin. He couldn't play with Jeremy Lin. That's that is Carmelo Anthony's legacy. Like even Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin's not a superstar, right? You shouldn't, if you're Carmelo Anthony, you shouldn't feel threatened by Jeremy Lin. Like, you shouldn't feel like, oh, this guy's taking away my shine. This is a guy who is, like, barely in the league, and he's getting his one, he's getting his five minutes, you know, his 15 minutes of fame. You should not feel, and their your team is suddenly winning. They were terrible, and all of a sudden, he's turned it around, and guys like... I can't remember their names. I can't remember, you know, Steve Novak and like, you know, Landry and like these guys. It's like all of a sudden they're 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 playing a significant role on this Landry team. Landry Fields. Landry Fields, the guy that Jeremy Lin slept on his couch, right? It's Ty- like Tyson Tyson Chandler was on that team, right? Yes, Tyson Chandler was on that team. Mm-hmm. And it's like like all of us and they made the playoffs that year. And it's mm-hmm. like like, why didn't you just seamlessly come into that? You know, this is why I, I frown on him saying things like, I never had the teammates. It's like, they were better without you. <laughs> like, the team performed better without you. Don't you think just adding Carmelo Anthony to a team that's already winning should make that team better? It should, but it didn't, right? And so, sadly, to me, that's Melo's that's his real legacy. It's like that's his career summed up and then he went to a bunch of places that had good players and they were worse with him. That's it. Yikes. It's pretty bad. It it's it's like AI except Melo was never good enough to go far by himself. Yeah, because AI had much more memorable moments. He crossed up Jordan. He freaking went to the finals. He went to the finals. He stepped over Tyron Lue. And he won a game against the undefeated Lakers at the height of their powers, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers at the height of their powers, who were just steamrolling the Western Conference. 
that was significantly better than the Eastern Conference. And yet he managed to get a game by himself. Mm-hmm. See, if you're going to be that kind of player, you have to be able to produce those kinds of results by yourself. And Melo was never able to do that. Let us know if there actually is a Mellow moment that we are forgetting about. Are we disrespecting him by giving Linsanity as his best career moment and not, killing not Linsanity? Best. Not best, but most memorable. Most memorable. Most memorable. Because even the 62 in the garden, I don't remember one shot. I don't either. But I know the stat. <laughs> I know the stat. It's pretty good. And before you say, like, oh, we're Laker fans, dude, I have tons of memories of, like, Vince, T-Mac, AI, Gilbert Arenas. Dude, LeBron you know I mean? like against Kobe, Detroit. LeBron. Yeah, like, I have D-Wade. Wade, tri- triple overtime, half-court buzzer beater, stepping on the table. All the other guys on the list, like, I can remember, remember stuff. Oh, dunking on Verge. That's the best one. Even, even, <laughs> even Baron Davis, right? That we believe Baron Davis. He was oh. on that New York Knicks team. And he's got some. He's got the Karolinko dunk. Karolinko dunk. He's got the KG dunk. Yep. Like, <laughs> even on the Clippers, he has moments. Mm-hmm. Why can't I remember anything about Melo? I can't remember anything. I can't remember a single thing. He was the best player on good playoff teams. I mean, if it weren't for the Lakers, he would have made the finals. I just can't. I can't. I can't remember anything. Okay. I remember stuff for Chauncey. I remember stuff for, like, all these other guys. I can't remember anything about them. I remember Kenyon Martin. He played with Kenyon Martin. I remember his dunks. Slammed it on Jermaine O'Neal. I was like, oh, my gosh. All-Star game. And then Jason Kidd says, welcome to All-Star game, Kay. I don't know. I don't know why, but I just can't remember anything significant. Like, I remember Jason Kidd's, like, finals runs with those Nets teams. I, I don't know. I, I remember tons of stuff, but I can't remember anything about Melo. I'm telling you his legacy is don't shoot long twos. <laughs> hey, yeah, I guess that's one of my memories. What, that one time when he shot a long two at Houston and he made it, and he was like, sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> was apologizing for it that's memorable i guess i i remember that does that mean his houston career was more memorable than his denver career <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know why i just <laughs> just can't remember anything you tell us if we're disrespecting Melo. what is carmelo anthony's legacy and what is his most memorable moment on the court because we can't remember anything and we prep for this. <laughs> All right, we'll be back two for the road after this. Okay, we're back. Two for the road. I'm going to start with my one for the road, Joe. This is very important news. Bachelor in Paradise season six (laughs) is back. Airs this week. It's back. Of all the different versions of the franchise, Bachelor in Paradise is the ultimate version of this show. The Bachelor and the Bachelorette are just farming systems to get the most dysfunctional people that were on the show with high personality and Bring them all on in one place to one team on Bachelor in Paradise. 
The editing is also very loose and makes light of a lot of the situations. They have a much longer leash on what's acceptable, like making fun of Josh Murray, who moaned every time he ate pizza. So every time he ate pizza, they highlighted him and showed him moaning every time. It was amazing. (laughs) The ending the ending is the worst part. It's always strange, right? As they are building towards nothing. Some people get engaged. Some people break things off. But there's a random moment where Chris Harrison comes and is like, it's time to take things serious. You have to figure out if this is going to work in the real world. <laughs> and it's like, were they not thinking about that this entire time? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and so some people just like, you know, I don't think this is going to work. And then they pack their bags and leave. It's like, it's very strange. Wait, what? Um, yeah, it's Wait, very strange. That just, that just happens? Yeah, it just kind of happens. It's it's really weird. So I think that part, they kind of need to smooth out, like maybe explain the rules. Like this is going to be an eight-week journey, and if you're not ready to get engaged, we ask you to leave or something like that where it's a little more clear as opposed to like just something ambiguous. But in terms of success rate, there's seven couples still together, and there's only been five seasons thus far with three marriages in between. It's a better success rate than the actual show on The Bachelor. Um, So I think Bachelor in Paradise is like – it's for people that are addicted to watching people like trip and fall down or run into a glass door. It's like that kind of level (laughs) of train wreck uh, with relief at the end that you can watch to the end. It's – it's one of the best shows on TV. I got I got it. <laughs> Every everyone waits for it. You have a lot of best shows on TV. <laughs> I use a lot of superlatives. You do. I I am in that tier 5 of confidence, I will say. <laughs> I'm throwing oh. a fellow level show requests and recommendations. <laughs> um now you're in, I'll agree, you're in tier five now, but you came down from like tier 10. There is no tier <laughs> 10, Joe. <laughs> from college. <laughs> tier six is definitely the cliff tier. <laughs> Everybody who knew you in college is totally agreeing with me right now. They're all nodding their heads. And then the Allen Al Iverson Mellow tier is five. <laughs> yeah. Allen Iverson and Mellow in five. Kobe and Jordan in four. Cliff Kim alone in tier six <laughs> with only a, a couple of Kanye's craziest moments. I would say that's really rude, but it, it's, it's hard to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Family changed you, man. Marriage, have fatherhood, you Family. know, that's, that's like, like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, marriage too. Okay. Five years ago. Dating also. Okay. Eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, see, it's getting, it's going back further. Uh, Journeying uh, to New York and finding people who would tell you things. Wow. Wow, we're really relieving my story. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what is your one for the road? Um, so I'm about to talk about something serious uh which is kind of unusual for our podcast but i think you know and in some ways i'm doing this on behalf of both of us but um i think we just wanted to address the shootings that happened over the weekend um in both el paso 
and Dayton, Ohio. You know, you told me about a stat shootings in 2019, the third, fourth, and fifth countries in the world all were tied with just one mass shooting. Uh, second place was Mexico with three, and first place was America with 249. Yeah. And I know mass shootings are, it's very specific. It, it doesn't cover everything. But at the same time, 249 in first place and three in second place seems like too big of a discrepancy to not mean anything. I think there's just a couple of things we wanted to say. One is that our thoughts and prayers are with the victims. You know, we hope for all those who are injured, we hope for recovery for those who have been hurt and have experienced loss. We pray for healing. You know, we ask that, you know, we really hope that communities can rally around people and that they can be there for each other. And I know that we're very jokey and we're very fun. And that's kind of what we want to do, generally speaking. But I felt like we just needed to say something about it and just say that we acknowledge it. And if anything, I know we still have a small listener base. But one thing that we would just say is, you know, you can't, you can't conquer, you know, hate with hate. And that's kind of our society now. It's like, just get angry about stuff. And even when there are things like mass shootings, our response is more anger. You know, be angry at lawmakers, be angry at uh, the people, you know, or anybody who likes guns, you know, all these kinds of things. And I just don't think that that's the kind of response we should go for. I think we just should just show compassion. You know, we should try to empathize with people who are hurting. And that makes a huge difference, I think, to, to shift culture, you know, when you can't conquer hate with hate, you can only, you know, overcome evil with good. And um, I think that would be our encouragement to people. And so we're going to kind of end weirdly today. No outro music. I think rather what we'll do is we'll just kind of have a moment of silence, um, you know, for the victims. And so. Well said, Joe. What I like to do in moments like these is uh, is hug my family and tell them I love them. I hope all of you will do the same. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen.